0: What is going on, everyone? Happy Friday to all. And you are currently tuning on in to Oyen Philly Sports, the place for everything Philadelphia sports. Of course, I am your host, Ed Parcero, Philly, the United of all things sports and culture here in the beautiful city of Philadelphia. Ladies and gentlemen, it's October. It is finally October 1st. We I, I know I, I, I don't even know where September went either. It went by way too fast. We are finally here in October. Um, unfortunately this October will not be read. I know I'm upset with you guys, but, uh, we have a lot to get to today, including those Philadelphia Phillies. We'll be discussing the Eagles. We'll be discussing the Flyers, the Phillies, the six, uh, the, the Sixers and the, uh, the Philadelphia union as well. So we got a lot to get to. Um, of course we have two game days, two big games this weekend. And of course, uh, Baseball is over. <laughs> What's going on, YouTube? What's up, Twitch? What's up, Twitter? And of course, what is going on? TikTok. Uh, before we move forward to with today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, please do not forget if you're watching this live on El Parcelo Phillies YouTube channel, make sure you guys do me that favor and hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And of course, you can find Oin Philly Sports wherever you stream podcasts. We're on Apple, we're on Google, we're on Spotify, you name it, we're on there. And you can find Oin Philly Sports. That De- definitely do me that favor and leave a little rating and subscribe as well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, today it is episode sixty-nine, dare I say. <laughs> we are episode sixty nine of a way sports. It is a milestone. It is definitely a milestone. And I know if you're if you have image, if you have an immature sense of humor like myself, this is it's always have it's always in fun, right? It's always in fun making fun of this. But uh today's theme is obviously, you know, when as a as a man, when you hear uh the the number sixty-nine, you always like to chuckle a little bit inside but you also raise your eyebrows a little bit so today uh my question to you guys and this is the theme of today's episode what are the athletes here in philadelphia that just make you raise your eyebrows a little bit so for me i'll start off and i don't want to go too cliche with this um but for the philadelphia eagles the player that makes me raise my eyebrows um so far this season it's definitely tough um I, i definitely look Obviously, Devontae Smith has definitely impressed. Kenneth Gainwell has impressed me as well to the point where I definitely lift my eyebrows a little bit. At times, Jalen Hurts has impressed me. I know people want to kill Jalen Hurts right now, and I understand why you guys do. But he's definitely made some big plays. But I think for me, it's been Jordan Maialata. When he's healthy, when I've seen him in there in the the first two games of the season, he is definitely ahead of his time. And he is far ahead of his progressions than I expected him to be or someone who never even played the sport of football up until three years ago to seeing him now where he could potentially be a top five, top 10 tackle in the NFL. It's wild. It's definitely wild. So for the Eagles, he definitely does that to me Um, for the Sixers. It's obviously going to be tough. This team, we've seen it already for one year. We're going to go into this season with the same exact um, team that we're going to have. But I think for me this year, I've talked about it before. I think the player that's going to make me raise my eyebrows it's gonna be Shake Milton. It's listen. If Shake Milton plays like the Shake Milton we know he can play like, it'll make things easier for us, especially when we know that the debacle that we are in. There's no Ben Simmons. That is rough, right? So, uh, I I think for me, Shake's got to be that player to raise my eyebrows. Obviously, we know what, jo- what Joel is. We know what the bias is. But I think that Shake Milton has the factor where he can make us raise our eyebrows uh, with the Flyers. Um, it's interesting because I, I, I've the in the first two preseason games, we'll get to it, but to me, it's Joel Farabee. He's the guy that raises my eyebrows. He's so much fun to watch, and he's only getting better. And we'll talk about him in a little bit, but he's definitely that one for the Flyers. For the Phillies, it's easy, and we're going to see him tonight. Um, Ranger Suarez, he's come out of nowhere to become your second-best starter in this rotation behind Zach Wheeler, surprisingly. And when I see him out there, it's what you want to see in a pitcher, especially in Philadelphia. Ranger Suarez goes out there. He's fearless. He go and he just pitches his game. He, he doesn't do anything crazy. He's not the best, uh, but he's getting better as these starts go by. And it's just like, it, it's, it's been refreshing to see. And obviously you guys know me. I like my Latino flair and Ranger Suarez definitely provides that for me and for this uh, Phillies team as well. So Ranger Suarez is the player that raises my eyebrows when it comes to the Phillies, when it comes to the union um, the player that raises my eyebrows—it's—it's been—it's t- been tough this season, but I think I'm gonna go with Paxton Aronson here. Um, uh, I know he hasn't seen a lot of time out there on the pitch for Jim Curtin, but when he's out there, I see what the potential is with Paxton Aronson. He could be an absolute stud in this league, and he's only 17 years old. So the 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 room for improvement is there for Paxton Aronson. and what. Well, and just at that age, where he's at, it's incredible. It's incredible. These kids are are incredible. Quinn Sullivan gives you that factor as well. I wanted to say Leon Flock, um, but Wednesday was the best game I've seen from Leon in a long time. He started off the season really hot. He looked like a uh, a player that would be a star in this league. I even made the argument that I thought that the MLS All Star Committee made it. Did a disservice to Leon Flock because I didn't see any other midfielders, especially like shuttle type of midfielders, play better than Leon Flock. Uh, but he he's definitely someone who I, I think is going to be good in this league uh, going forward. Uh, but those are my five athletes of Philadelphia that graze my eye as we are in episode 69 of Oyen Philly Sports. So welcome on in, everyone. Uh, let's get to some of these comments. Your TikTok's going crazy here today. I love it. I love it. Um Jake Lancaster Eagles Cowboys game was a big win for the Eagles. Uh Eagles going to take the NFC East easy this season. Uh um, did I read that right? TikTok, did I read that right? Wait, did I read that right? I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm missing something. The, are we talking about the same game or are you trolling? I you see I see the Wu Tang thing, but that's uh that's definitely interesting. Uh, GDP world, do you listen to WIP? Uh hell no. I do not listen to WIP. That is a trash radio station. I refuse to I refuse to listen to that. Uh Herbert39 shuts trade feeling. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Uh, I forgot to oh man. I, so last yesterday we did a little fantasy segment on the show. I forgot to do it here today. I do apologize, guys, but we'll definitely get back to it right now, man. Um we smoke in that 49ers pack right now. What is your team, Nate? <laughs> I'm, I'm lost. I'm, I'm lost right now. I'm definitely lost right now. Um, but let's get today. Let's get to today. I want to start off uh, today with uh, my picks. We're going to do our live picks here today. I'm going to pick the week four matchups. Obviously, we were picked last night. What a close game that was. Um, but... Remember, uh, week one or week three—the first week of doing this—I finished ten and six on on my picks. So we'll see how we end up today. So I'm already one and zero because I picked the the uh the the Bengals to pick to beat the Jaguars, and that was obviously an easy one to pick there. Um, let's move on to the one o'clock games. We got the Washington football team facing off against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I to me, obviously, the Falcons got a big win last week uh, against the um against the Giants. And I mean, I mean, you're beating the Giants in two thousand twenty one. It's not really much to, to gloat gloat on. But in this one, I do think that the football team will get the best of the Falcons. I think the Falcons enjoyed a nice little victory there. But I got the football team prevailing there. Heineke. Heineke season. Uh Texans and the Bills. I got the Bills. Uh Texans with our quarterback list is David Mills. We'll see what he can turn out to be, but he is definitely not the answer yet. Um Lions and Bears should be an interesting one. Both teams are pretty damn bad, and both offenses are pretty suspect at best. I'm going to go with the Bears. I'm sorry. Whoa. I'm going to go with the Lions. I like the Lions in this one here. Um, I think Nagy has lost that locker room, and I, and I, you guys know me. I love what, uh, what Campbell's been over there in Detroit. A lot of people don't care for it, but I still think that there is a st- that style of coaching and that style of play in the NFL can still be good. So I got the Lions beating the Bears, and I do apologize, Bears Nation. Uh, Panthers and the Cowboys. This should be an interesting one-on-one o'clock kickoff. Uh, Well, I guess we'll see what the Panthers are really all about. I haven't felt like they've played anyone too difficult this season. Uh, And with the Panthers, look, or with the Cowboys, I meant, look, that was a good win against us on week three. But, I mean, I like I've told you guys, I think that we would be – a 500 near 500 team this season and so take that one for what it was i think the panthers do have do have what it takes to kind of exploit the cowboys weaknesses but i hate i really hate to go here but i think i'm going to go with the cowboys here i just think at home um, especially if they run the ball the way this this panthers defense is going to be tough on as well um and i want to see if and, and the thing is i think it's going to be a high scoring game I think the Panthers can exploit the Cowboys defense where the Eagles just were oblivious to do. And uh, that's going to be key. But I think that Dallas, that it's really the Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott has shown me he is—he hasn't lost a step. If anything, he's taking that next step in his game uh, after that nasty injury. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys there. Uh, I hate saying that. Uh, we got a, we got another bad game here. We got a on 1 o'clock kickoff. The bolts are traveling to Miami. Carter wants going back to South Beach. Um, I think I got the, you know, I'm going to give it to the, here, here's, I'm going to give it to the Colts. I don't know about two is, uh, his status for Sunday, but I think that Frank Reich and the Colts will get one out of there and we'll go one and three, but it's still not pretty over there. Uh, Cleveland versus Minnesota. I'm going to go with the Brownies. How can you not, how can you not take the Browns in that's in that spot? Browns will be on the road, but I like I like the Browns over the Vikings. Uh, another 1 o'clock kickoff. We got the Giants at 0-3 going up against the 2-1 Saints. I mean, come on, guys. I'm going with the Saints. I think the Giants are a lost cause. I think they will be competing for that top three draft pick this year. Uh, and they got a couple other go because the Bears obviously suck too, and they traded with the Bears this past draft. So Giants should get some good draft picks. Let's see if they can get something done with it. I know you, Giants Nation, are sick and tired of it, but um. Yeah, I, I see you guys going 0 and 4 here. Titans versus the Jets. I got the 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 Titans. I think they're going to roll through the Jets. I think that Derrick Henry might creep at 200 yards. I'm not even kidding here. Um. So yeah, I'm sorry, Judge Nation, but it could get ugly. Uh, the Chiefs and the and the Eagles will save for later because obviously we'll preview that game here today. We got the Cardinals and the Rams. This is going to be another good one. The Rams with a tough schedule last week. They had to go up against the Bucks this week. They got to go up against the Rams. Um, the Cardinals got a little cupcake last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I'm going to go with the, uh, the, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I think the Rams get second match up there, but I think these two teams will be the first and second place teams in the NFC West by seasons. End. You heard it here first. So We'll we'll see what that uh, looks like for um, our next matchup here. We got the Niners and the Seahawks 405 kickoff as well. And this is going to be key. Uh, The winner of this kind of uh, scaves off last place for a little bit, at least just for a little bit. But in this one, I'm going to I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I'm buying the Seahawks. I think that they will bounce back. I know that was a bad loss against the Vikings, but that was very much needed for the Vikings and the Seahawks' offense needs to figure it out. I know they are not in a good place, but I think that they will, in fact, figure it out. Sunday, 425, we got the Ravens going to Denver to face off against the Broncos. I think this is where the Broncos' undefeated season ends. I do apologize, Logan, but I think that is what is going to happen. 425, Steelers versus the Packers, two teams, older quarterbacks. I think that the Packers win this one, getting back to back. wins. They're starting to figure it out. I know that six game was pretty ugly, but I think that they will start to figure it out here. Uh, Sunday night football is it's a, it's an interesting one. The story all the storylines are headlining this one, um, but the Bucks facing off against the Patriots, and obviously we all know Tommy Boy making his first return to Foxborough since he left for the Buccaneers. And I'm curious what the atmosphere is going to look like. It's fun because look, if I'm a Patriots fan, and thank God I'm not. But if I were a Patriots fan, I would be cheering seeing Tommy Boy out there. Look, the situation was what it was. You can't control drama within a front office. And let's face it, dude, he was there for almost 20 years. It was like 18 seasons he spent in New England. He brought you six Super Bowls. He made your franchise into what it is now, a well-respected franchise. I would not be booing Tom Brady. Now, if you want to, obviously, Patriots Nation, thats that's your discretion. You know, you do what you want but I definitely would be appreciative of Tommy Boy. You guys were terrible before Tommy Boy arrived. Just remember that. I know some of you bandwagoners don't know what that was like, but you guys were terrible before that. So you enjoy that. And then Monday Night Football, we got an AFC West showdown, which I'm very intrigued about. You got the Vegas Raiders going to LA to face off against the Chargers. And uh, you already got a lot of Raiders Nation talking crap. Um, I feel like Raiders Nation, like I, because it doesn't make sense to kind of um, Gloat over the uh, the L.A. Chargers because I think that the Raiders have a better team than Chargers, and I and I do envision them winning. Maybe with that home, maybe at home, they'll be it'll be a different story. But the story of this game is the fact that the Raiders fans are already already talking about taking over um, SoFi Stadium. Now I get it. If you guys remember, the the Chargers or sorry, the Raiders once upon a time played in L.A. They were the Los Angeles Raiders, and it was their town. And now that there's an, a rival in their town, I guess they the rivalry is still strong. There is a big Raiders contingency in Los Angeles. So I'm sure the Chargers and the Raiders fans go back and forth and bicker around. I don't think it's as bad as what we see here in Philadelphia because there is way too many Cowboys fans in the Philadelphia area. But it's it definitely makes it very interesting and very spicy. So it's definitely a game. I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen in the stands. But I hear Raiders fans already saying that they're going to take up 74% of that stadium. You imagine a team taking over Lincoln Financial Field. We would not let that happen. There is no way in hell that we would let that happen. So that should be absolutely uh, interesting to see. So definitely keep that one in mind. But I got the, uh, the Raiders winning there. So I got the we already had the Bengals. I got the football team. I got Buffalo, Detroit. The Cowboys, the Colts, the Browns, the Saints, the Titans, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Ravens, the Packers and Raiders all winning on Sunday and Monday. So we'll revisit we'll revisit this. We'll see how my Monday result turns out to be. But those are my predictions for tomorrow. So we shall see. We shall see. All right, let's see what we got here, guys. Hurt uh, about to go off this weekend. Um, Nate, I hope you are one. You are right uh we could definitely use that um but i'll talk about it in a second i i don't I, i'll i'll tell you how he can go off um nate i do appreciate the follow my man welcome to the family my brother welcome i appreciate it uh ross 2k my favorite team is the kentucky nuggets very nice congrats i don't know what that is but congrats uh nate julio and brown are out but it's still going to be ugly I still yeah, I still see Derrick Henry just running all over that defense. I don't see how they win. The Rue the Rui 17. Uh same. Same. I agree. Uh Davis Singly, Eagles fans are the worst fan base. Very nice. Very nice. TikTok never never fails. What's up, Davis? Um, let's see here. Ellen, what's up, my man? We're fucking ass. No more talking about the Phillies dupe. Yeah, and well, unfortunately, we do have to talk about it because this is a Philly sports show, but that's a, it's, a, it's very upsetting. It is definitely upsetting. No red October. Um, what's up, Rafael? Hey, what's good? Parcel Captain Rafael reporting for duty, and I was watching baseball last. I know the Philly fans are in pain about the Phillies. Another year without playoffs. Ouch, yeah. Rafael, we are definitely reeling here in Philadelphia. It's not fun, but this is, this is the life of a Philly sports fan. That's what we need to remind ourselves here. At Philly sports it's not always a smooth ride it it can be bumpy but this is what we signed up for we signed up for the bumps and the bruises we're fans at the end of the day and we don't leave um i'm dreading the game sunday yeah we'll talk about that in a second i, I don't know if, i don't know if we should be dreading as much as we we kind of are but we'll see uh, I was born in 2008, so I miss good Philly sports year. I'm um, all five. Team. Yikes. Yeah, man. Dylan, oh, it was a pretty good year for Philly sports. You had the, uh, the Phillies won in the World Series. The Eagles were like literally one bad pass away from uh, winning the NFC championship game. I don't think they would have beaten the Steelers that year. Um, but that was a really good year. And I think I'm sure the Flyers were still in contention in the playoffs and the Sixers were in mediocrity. I think Ellen Brand was here. Was, I think that might have been the last year of those black jerseys too. I'd have to double check, but they the last year of the black jerseys, they t- try to do like a reincarnation of the black jerseys and it was okay, but it wasn't what you know like the 01 black jerseys. Um but it was that that was the last of the good uh good black jerseys for the Sixers man. I, I definitely missed those. I definitely missed those. But let's get to it guys because I know we all want to talk about the birds Obviously, Sunday, we're back at it. And I know that most of us, whoa, I know that most of us are not feeling too confident about Sunday. And I understand why. Um, Nick Sariani has not made us feel any better about this team. Um, but the fact of the matter is, and I'm going to, I'm probably going to say this for most weeks, except for in two weeks. Give me two seconds. Yay. Now I'm out. Now I am not about to lose TikTok because you guys are charged. Awesome. Um, But look, this is a winnable game. I I, I know we talked about this last week, how last week was a winnable game. But honestly, this is a very winnable game. Um, The Chiefs are kind of in a tough spot right now where they are one and two on the season. They did not predict this at all. But when I watched them play, you still see some of the skill players. But they definitely aren't the same strong team as before. And look, this is early on in the season. And the funny part is, is they did play a lot of those preseason snaps. That rustiness, I definitely don't understand, but they've kind of been shooting themselves in the foot earlier on in this season. That Browns win was definitely a tough one. They were able to get that get that win, but um, you can't really explain the last two for the Chiefs. Um, but on Sunday, the Chiefs, let's, let's face it, the Chiefs are going to come out motivated. They're going to come out ready to play. They need to knock out this, this slide, and losing to the Eagles, that fan base is going to go absolutely wild, and, and I understand that. Um, but let's look at the offense here. So to me, I mean, everyone's talking about Jalen Hurts. Everyone, it seems like everyone, when they're starting out this week, they're, they want to talk about Jalen Hurts. And this is what I will say about Jalen. If Jalen is going to succeed on Sunday, Nick Sirianni needs to call a better game. The game plan needs to be suited to Jalen Hurts. Okay. Throwing the ball 39 times, calling up three running plays, is not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll get obliterated. We will flat out lose by three touchdowns if Sariani does the same BS he's done the last two weeks. And I'm just going to put that out there because I know what you guys are going to do. I, and You guys did it last Monday. I I, I warned you guys that if Sariani doesn't call a good play, a good game, that we will, we will lose the game and Jalen Hurts is going to be put in a tough spot. And that exactly happened. So if we're going to have a chance come tomorrow, or Sunday, I'm sorry, Jerrioni needs to call a better game. So look, here's the issue. Obviously, we're all talking about how we ran the ball three times. The Chiefs, the one thing they are good at is stopping the run. But that does not mean you go away from the running game. You still need to try. You still need to attempt to run the ball because you know what? Eventually, there's going to be a hole that Miles Sanders is going to be able to get to. He does that. You know, he might get you one, two, three, two, no yards. But then on that seventh try, he might get you 10. He might get you 20. He might break it for 80 yards. You don't know, but you need to go find out. And I know the Chiefs' defense is going to be ready for that. They're going to stop that run, but you still have to attempt it. And the other thing is, too, is the one thing that the Chiefs de- – oh, I'm sorry, the defense hasn't really faced off against this year, besides, I mean, I guess week one, is the mobility of Jalen Hurts. Jalen should be able to get his this week. I could see him getting a lot of yards through through the ground, and I could see him opening up his, the plays – by using those likes. But again, if Sariani's game plan is not conducive to Jalen Hurts and the offense, then this offense is going to do what it kind of did on Monday night. Jalen Hurts fighting for his life to kind of create a play, and that's probably what's going to happen. Obviously, when we talk about this Eagles offense, it starts with the running game. And I know that we haven't seen that because Sariani, uh two weeks ago is calling its calling Philly Philly on fourth in, in goal. And then last week he's calling 39 pass plays with three running running plays. But when you still look at the way this offense is built, it's a, still a strong offensive line, even though we're still hurt with injury, which we'll talk about in a second. But as well, you got two solid running backs that can make some plays. So when I look at this Eagles offense, it starts with the running game. And Sariani needs to recognize that. If we can recognize that here, then how is Sariani not able to recognize that? Run the ball in that quick pace has kind of gone away as well. That was working beautifully against the against the Falcons. You need to go back to that. You need to keep the Chiefs on their toes. You need to throw different things at the Kansas City Chiefs. And you are your strongest when you're running that hurry-up offense. So go back to it. Keep 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 using that. That quick base will throw it off. I think in this game, if you want to consider having an upset over the Kansas City Chiefs, you need to you need to get some early momentum. You need to put some points on the board. You need to put the Chiefs defense on its toes. If we want a shot here of getting an upset against the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm saving you, TikTok. I'm saving you. No, I lost you. Sorry guys. I'm a I'm a cheap ass and I got a I got a cheap ring light. <laughs> Um where were we at here? Okay, so here's the here's the other other issue with the Chiefs, Chiefs uh, defense. They allow a lot of yards in the air. They do. Herbert had a nice field day, and that's kind of why the reason why that's kind of the reason why they won. And I saw guys like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen do their work. And I'm curious what this young receiving core can do against this Chiefs pass pass defense. I'm curious. I, I think that there needs to be a game plan surrounded around Devontae Smith. I want to see him eat this week. Two back-to-back weeks where, you know, he had two catches against uh, against the Niners. He had two last week against the Cowboys, I think, or one against the Cowboys. Trayvon Diggs' solid job of locking him up. This week, he should be able to get his. And these these three these three wide receivers are young wide receiver core, Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager and Devontae Smith should be able to 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 benefit from the suspect pass defense of the Kansas City Chiefs. So th- there there are plays to be made with this Eagles offense. And again, I'm going to I'm going to keep iterating. I'm going to say it until Sariani does it. Until Sariani calls the right plays, there is no chance that we win any game. But I do see that the Eagles succeeding on offense. And I don't think it's that difficult. So we'll we'll see what that looks like. So when we look at the defensive side, now obviously we know it's on the Chiefs offense. I mean we've seen it the past couple of years. You got Patty Mahomes, man's probably one of probably the best quarterback. I mean, if you want to debate Tommy Boy, then we can. But he's still there. You still got Travis Kelsey, and you still got Tyreek Hill. All three of those guys are going to get theirs. All three of those guys are going to put up some damage on the Seagulls' defense. By the way, Travis Kelsey, what's up with your hair? What's up with your look? You went from the drippiest, freshest white boy to uh, who wants to go camping this weekend, huh? What the heck happened to Travis Kelsey? He lost his flavor. Um, But he's definitely going to get his as well. But the, the thing is, we saw, we kind of saw it in the Super Bowl. That offensive line for the Chiefs, it is reeling. It is definitely reeling. And this is actually a good opportunity here for the Eagles' defensive line to get to momentum because what I saw on Monday night, I was, I was tough. Absolutely tough. You know, when you have, when you have BG at that end, you know you're going to get pressure. And for Josh Wett and Derek Barnett, we need them to step up. I just thought Sweat was just over-pursuing way too much. And you know Derek Barnett's a knucklehead. But then the worst part about it is Ryan Kerrigan's also not not uh, giving any sort of contribution, I'm sorry. And I still haven't seen Taron Jackson out there. I'd like to see him get some snaps, see if he could do some damage out there. So this defensive line should be able to eat this weekend and get into Pat Mahomes' face. Get yourself a sack as well. Speaking of sacks and some big defensive plays, will this finally, finally, finally be the week that the Eagles' defense gets themselves a turnover? Will it finally be that week? This defense is like allergic to turning, ter- getting turnovers. And the good thing is, is that the Chiefs are coming off a four turnover game that pretty much cost them the game. I'm sure there's going to be opportunities. I'm sure the Chiefs in general are going to give you those opportunities to make some plays. Can you take advantage of it? That's the, that is the question. That is the question. Don't mean to flip flop here a little bit, but I did, I did miss a point with the offense. Um, What I'm most concerned about on the offense is the offensive line. Now, I don't know about the statuses of Jordan, my and Lane Johnson. They both are been dealing with knee injuries, which is obviously a concern when you're talking about tackles. Um, But with my is he ready to come back? He obviously sat last week. He had the sprain. Johnson kind of picked up a little nick here in practice this week. And those statuses are both up in the air for Sunday. That's a bit of a concern. Because you got two guards that are youngsters and weren't the starters going into the season. As we all know, Malo's out for the year. And Brandon Brooks is out for at least eight weeks. And this is why I said, again, we need to run the ball. Two young guards. to run the ball. Let's get that momentum going. Let's get those guys with their knuckles down, and let's just move the ball forward. I was pretty critical of Dillard, but now that I look back at it, it wasn't his worst performance. We've seen worse, a.k.a. that Vikings game in 2018, which was his rookie year. So that's kind of tough to criticize the rookie like that especially against that Vikings D-line back then. So I'm I'm definitely concerned about that. I'm concerned about who we're having at that offensive as the offensive line. Now back on to the, back to the defense. We all know that Big Brad is a great offensive mind. He's going to exploit the weaknesses of this Eagles defense, and this linebacking core has been exploited all all season long. It's, it's not hard to to you can't really disguise that that weakness there. All right. So I'm sure this and, and like the Chiefs linebackers are pretty weak as well, and the Eagles should exploit them. And the, the Chiefs are going to try to exploit this uh this Eagles linebacker and quarter as well. Running game for the Chiefs is pretty strong. That's a that's a good part for them. Clyde, Clyde Edwards has been a solid back for them. And I'm sure that's gonna test the linebackers, along with Travis Kelsey. Now we know that Gannon got a little too zone friendly last Monday against the Cowboys. If you do that all game long, Travis Kelsey's gonna eat. You need to do some more, man. Because if not, they will pick you. Tyreek Henry, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Henry, Who's Tyreek Henry? Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. They'll pick you Park in zone, one hundred percent. That's gonna be that's gonna be tough, but it's not it's not it's not impossible to do. It's not impossible to stop this offense. So let's get some pressure on Pat Mahomes. Let's force him to some tough plays. He he had he has been known to turn the ball over, especially the last couple of weeks. And give yourself an opportunity here in this game. Uh, again, I do not expect the Eagles to win. I think that the Chiefs will win this game. I think it'll be a 24-16 win by the Chiefs. I think that's what's going to happen. But I want the Eagles to give themselves a chance to win this game. That's all I ask for. Make it close. Give, give Kansas City all that they can handle. And I'll be happy with that. And you guys should be too. So again, I got the Chiefs winning on Sunday. 24 to 16. There are some holes with the chiefs that we can exploit. This isn't the chiefs of 2019 or even 2020. So we have to be able to exploit these weaknesses. So we shall see. Um, Nate wants to let us know if the Eagles can capitalize on opportunity to control the clock. I think they have a good shot. It's a good point too. And how do you, how do you do that? You run the ball. And when the chiefs give you those opportunities, you you, you don't, you, you don't just waste it. All right, you take advantage of it. <clears throat> get a turnover too. Chiefs clearly are uh, are prone to that, so do it. Jeez, we still have yet to get a turnover this season. I don't remember the last time we had a turnover. Um Miles Gash G Ga, Miles Gaskin or Kirk f Uh Kirk. Uh what do we got here? I think if the Eagles can slow downhill. They have a great chance, uh, Ryan. It's more than just Tyree Kill. You still got Travis Kelsey, um, Hardman also had some some good uh some good at plays yesterday or yesterday on Sunday. So I think it's just more than that. And obviously the running game for the Chiefs is pretty solid as well. I mean, if you stop Tyree Kill, I mean, you still got Travis Kelsey and Hardman there. So, and I'm sure, sure Pat Mahomes will find a play to make. It's what he does. Um, Colin Beast. Start. Go ahead and start Mike Evans, OBJ, and Ridley. There you go. Will Bill, I think the Eagles have a great future, but stop thinking you have a chance. Um, Will Bill, like I just stated, I think that the Chiefs will win, but this is the NFL, and the Eagles have a, do actually have a chance to win this game. Have you watched the Chiefs as late? If the Eagles shoot themselves in the foot like they have, then yeah, the Chiefs will run away with this game. But my friend, this is the NFL. And anyone can win on any given Sunday. Remember that. Words of advice for you. For you is. God, man, I miss the Philly soul. They were always a good team. They were fun to watch. And it was a cool concept. It was a cool name. Um, I don't, I didn't mind uh, arena football. But the league was just wasn't profitable. They lost way too much money, and they had to fold. Uh, it's tough. Jaws did a good job of marketing that team as well, man. That's right, Dylan. Back to back champions. R.I.P. the AFL. R.I.P. Rafael saying hello to Kata. Hi. Okay. I see you, man. Honestly, I am ready for a mask fifty fourteen RPOs are gonna happen against us. How about we get the RPOs on that? How about that, Nick? How about that? If the Chiefs score past thirty, uh, I would be impressed. Wait, what? If the Chiefs don't, oh, if the Chiefs don't score past thirty, I would be impressed. Yeah, I would be too. I do think that they will score under thirty points though. I think that the the defense will step back up this week. I think guys like Josh Sweat will step up, um, and I think the secondary will. I think that Jonathan Gann will also call a better game. I think that Jonathan Gann. Um, last week, a coach a little bit scared, in my honest opinion. Can't be, you can't be scared, especially in that, in this, that instance. Um, both move forward here, guys. Let's move on to the Philadelphia Flyers, who played last night on TNT, ladies and gentlemen. We had hockey on TNT. That's crazy to think. I will say this: I thought it was solid for my first. I watched the first period. I thought it was a solid uh, broadcasting, um, by TNT. Uh, it was good to see Jonesy as well. One of our own that made me feel a little bit more comfortable watching the TNT broadcast, but I think was it back in the nineties TNT had the NHL for a little bit. Um, so look, it's a a good product. Uh, we'll obviously have to see what happens in the regular season, but, uh, it's, we're going to have to get used to it. I don't think, yeah, NBC doesn't have any more hockey whatsoever. So I think it's ESPN and TNT that'll be broadcasting these, these NHL games at least the, uh, the public or the the uh, nationwide ones, but the the flyers lose again uh, in preseason again. And whatever I'm about to say, guys, remember this is preseason hockey. Okay, this is preseason hockey. Don't get too caught up in what's going on in preseason hockey. All right, so they fall four to two to the Bruins. Um, holy crap, holy power play. We had. A total of 11 power plays in this game between both the Bruins and the Flyers. That was wild. Absolutely wild. They had six for the Flyers, five for the Bruins. Um, and the Flyers look good on both units. Now, obviously, they allowed two goals, and we'll talk about it in a second. Uh, but the Flyers did score two goals on the power play, and that would be their only goals in the game. And that's, I mean, that's, I guess, that's a little bit of a concern when you're only scoring on on one man advantages. But um, that's the fact of the matter. They did score on those two uh, goals. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of players. Uh, obviously, we saw the debut of Rasmus Ristolainen, and we talked about it in the preview. That's really who I wanted to see, and I saw what I wanted. All right? I saw what it was and why it was. We traded for Ristolainen. Dude's physical, big body, and he's he's a he's a he's a presence. He's a presence out on the ice. He had a couple of nice hits. Now here's the thing, on the second goal, the power play goal for the uh, for the what was it, it was the second or first one? It was the so- first one. I'm sorry, um, it was a little bit miscommunication. I think he was being a little bit too risky on the play, and he allowed the Bruins to get behind them. And I think it was Marchand who was able to rocket the the puck past um, Martin Jones. Russell Lane was a little too late to get there, and that that was on him. That goal was straight up on him. And here's what I will say. Um, Sandheim and Selena, they look good for the most part. Obviously, they still need time to get acclimated with each other. They need to get that chemistry going, and it's going to take some time. It is a little bit concerning simply because, you know, we know what happened going into the trade. We know that Ristolainen hasn't looked good with the Sabres at per se, even though he used to kill us when he was on the Sabres. Um, and Sandheim is coming off a bad year with Philip Philippe Myers when that that partnership ended dreadfully in their first year. They looked really good together. Um, But I think that Sanheim and Ristolainen partnership, it's going to take some time. I think they'll figure it out, but certainly definitely started off slow. But again, preseason, preseason guys. Uh, Martin Jones, this is what I want to say about Martin Jones. I don't know why you guys are shocked at what you saw last night. He literally went into the season. We literally talked about the signing. We know he's not that good. We know this. And he showed that last night. He had a, a couple of goals that I was just like, all right, all right. what What is going on here? What is going on? He allowed three goals. He saved eight. He on 11 shots. Um, and watching Martin Jones more and more, it shows me that they the Flyers do trust Carter Hart more than we probably anticipated. Okay. Because they wouldn't go out and get Martin Jones if they didn't trust Carter Hart completely to bounce back. Martin Jones is a veteran goaltender. We he, He's he been in this league for a while. But he's not that good. And that's just a fact of the matter. So that's pretty much what it tells me. Um, Joel Faraby, he's going to be a stud. I think in this third year, he's going to take that next step in his game. And I think he's going to be an absolute stud. He had uh, two goals last night, I believe. Uh, but the chemistry... The chemistry he has with the veteran players is crazy. You know, when you hear like guys like Kevin Hayes and, and JVR and, uh, and Sean Couturier and Claude Giroux talk about Joel Farabee, it's like he's been in this league for, for 10 years. But in reality, he's only in his third season. And I expect him to have a big bounce back game, a big bounce, or uh, almost, I shouldn't say bounce back because he didn't go anywhere, but. I think he's gonna have a, a, another big. He's gonna take another big step in his game this year. And I'm so I'm so excited to see uh, what he can do. But like I said, a lot of power plays. It was it was a little bit sloppy for the Flyers, um, especially when at the end of the first they allowed the Bruins to just. It, it all happened at once. They scored uh, three goals um, in that the close to the in the second half of that first period, and uh, it was just kind of a little bit too much for the Flyers. But uh, again, this is all a learning lesson. We, we're seeing a lot of the guys here. Uh, I mean, cam York defensively I could thought again I, I kind of I could kind of expected that with uh with cam York i I think he's a polished offensive defenseman but he needs to work on that I'll go figure right but I'm trying to remember um was it Oh, ah, he's obviously a defenseman um was it uh Sealer and Wiley actually did I saw something from those guys. Obviously those are Phantom's players as well. Um but those guys were pretty aggressive on the night and uh want to see some more from them in this preseason. So we got some more games here. So the next next time we will see the Flyers will be on Saturday. They'll be going up against the Capitol for a night game at 7:30. Man, it's not it's not like we saw these these teams enough last year. Now we got to see them again in in this preseason, but hey, this is all a learning lesson. we got a lot of new pieces with the Flyers, and, and uh, Vigneault has to. Uh, ha- he, he's he's going to have to keep implementing his message to these guys, and they're going to figure it out. They're definitely going to figure it out. So I'm feeling good about the Flyers. Definitely feeling good about the Flyers. Um, Vikings man, Kirk or Dak? Go Kirk. Or, sorry, go Dak. Uh, Vikings man, Julio out. AJ, who is next? I do not know. I'm not an NFL guy um Tyler Goodwin you don't think the Eagles are gonna win do you uh Tyler if you were paying attention I just said that they're not going to win but shouts to you for paying attention uh that hockey kid 91 the Flyers still look good though I mean I don't think I came down on them I mean they they lost a game it was a little sloppy but they they I know they still look good I didn't say they look terrible come geez guys uh cool kid 70 I might read all that uh go eagle Go Eagle. Nice. Go Eagle. Uh, Landon Bell. Who they? Who they think gonna beat them Bengals? Not the Jags, right? <laughs> uh, Zach Lee. Hey, uh, how about the Philly kicks? How about those Philly kicks? What happened to the kicks? When do they fold? That was definitely a dope concept, by the way, for, for indoor soccer. The Philly kicks. I like that. Ah, Fox had the NHL in the 90s. You sure, wait, you sure the TNT didn't have it all? I'm pretty sure TNT had hockey for a minute. I don't know if they, if, I don't know when exactly it was, but I'm pretty sure they, did. I'll have to look it up later. Plus some guys were out, so kind of factor in. Guys, I'm not coming at the flyers' performance. I don't, I I, I I. apologize if that's what you got, but I'm not coming at the flyers. I'm just criticizing what I saw. I'm not coming at them. So don't, don't kill the messenger guys. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, again, Cam York, his offensive game is there. I saw a couple a couple plays where I saw, saw him let it go by him. Again, I'm not saying he looked bad. He's just is a he got a lot to improve uh, as far as his defensive game works. There's a reason why he's going to start the season down with the Phantoms, even though I think offensively he could play in this league. So it's going to take some time, Dill. Uh, to be honest, Raiders take their division. You think the Raiders are going to win the A.C. West? What? That's wild, dog. That's wild. All right. Let's move forward and let's talk about the team. I really don't want to spend too much time on because I'm I'm still feeling it. I'm still hurting. Last night, the Philadelphia Phillies' playoff uh, hopes died or officially over. There's going to be no playoffs yet again as they lost to the Atlanta Braves five to three. Um, the Braves complete the sweep of the Phillies to win the NL East. Uh, I don't know where to begin. I think at this point I'm not even embarrassed anymore. I don't even. I'm not even angry anymore. I'm just flat out upset. I've been critical of the Phillies, and this is why I've been critical of the Phillies. It's because of the fact that I see the talent on this team, and yet every single night they don't play to their potential. And in reality, if you're a baseball team trying to win a division, when you have a losing record against the bottom two teams in the N.L.S., you're getting swept by the Diamondbacks. You're losing three of four to the Rockies at home. You deserve to lose. You lose two or three in Pittsburgh. You deserve to lose the series or this this division. The amount of blown saves that this team—if the Phillies. We didn't have half the blown saves that they've had this year. They would be, they would have won this division straight up. But we're just, again, uh, this has been the theme of this week. They're just not good enough. They're not good enough to be to the ones division. And when I'm watching the Braves in this, this past week in this series, I see a team that was determined. There was no way we were going to uh, sweep those Braves. I thought we, I didn't think we would have swept, but I thought we would have gotten two of three and then made it interesting in Miami. I never thought we would have won this division just because of the Braves and who they are. They have good leadership, they have a good core. From Snicker, their their, their manager, Freddie Freeman, Dan Swanson, Oz, Ozzy Albies, even Travis Darno. Travis Darno is not the best catcher, but God damn it, he's a good leader. So, I just knew we weren't going to win the division. But you still give yourself a fighting chance. And now, last series, and now most of Philadelphia are not going to pay attention to you. You lost Philadelphia. I'll still be watching. I'll still be doing the recaps on the Phils because I'm here. I'm here for Philly fans. But it's, it's just embarrassing. It's just flat-out embarrassing. Uh, Kyle Gibson got the start yesterday. He only went four and a third. Allowed four hits, four earned. Um, and he had eight strikeouts. That was the that was a good part. Of and again, with, with Gibson and, and Nola, it's just always the same thing. It just takes one pitch to let to get those guys off their game. And that's pretty much what happened. I mean, eight, I'll take the eight strikeouts, but I think that Gibson, there's no I don't think he's coming back next year. And it's crazy. When he walked into Philadelphia, he had a 287 ERA. And he leaves Philadelphia with the three seventy-one ERA, I think it was. The Phillies defense was terrible this year. It flat out it, it was just god awful this year. Um But man, oh man. <laughs> Can't even help Kyle Gibson. Can't even help Kyle Gibson. Um, I want to talk about Bryce Harper. A lot of talks today in Philadelphia, whether or not Bryce should win the MVP or not. He's obviously got the numbers, but obviously he's going to be watching the playoffs from home. And typically, an MVP winner will be in the playoffs. But in this series, this crucial series to win the division, Bryce Harper was missing. He went 0-11 for 11 in this three-game series against the Atlanta Braves. I love Bryce. This season was a lot of fun watching Bryce Harper. But do MVP candidates show up small in playoff situations like what they just dealt with this past week? You guys answer me that. I personally don't think he'll win the MVP. I honestly would just say F it and give it to Austin Riley because clearly he deserves even the – the Raves are more like a – it's like a team effort. Also, Riley's been playing excellent. But it's been the whole Braves have been playing really well. And Bryce Harper going 0 for 11? Damn, man. A lot of people are going to criticize Joe Girardi. And, and there are instances where I agree we need to criticize Joe Girardi. But I think that what we need to look at is the fact that Girardi hasn't been able to be successful with this roster. And you could say what you want about Girardi. He has won a World Series. He was Manager of the Year. And what we need to look at is we fired Gabe Kapler two years ago because we felt like he wasn't good enough for this job. Gabe Kapler right now is fighting for an NL West title in San Francisco, and he's going to the wire with the juggernaut, the Los Angeles Dodgers. So. I don't think that we should be looking so much at the manager, but more so at the 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 players at his disposal. It's not good enough. When again we talked about the trade deadline this week, the Braves made four excellent trades that have escalated them to where they're at now. Honestly, watching the Braves, they can compete for this World Series. In this tough National League, they can compete. And I don't care what sport we're talking about. If you're hot going into the playoffs, you have a good shot of winning it all. Now, can the Braves get past the Dodgers and the Giants? I don't know. I don't know. You still got the Cardinals. You still got the Brewers. These are all good teams. I think the Cardinals might be hotter than the Braves. But this National League playoffs is going to be crazy. That's kind of why I'm glad that we're not in the playoffs. Because we would have gotten smoked by any of these teams in a playoff situation. Crap, they they didn't even show up for this series. The Phillies didn't have one stinking lead in this three-game sweep. I think they tied the game once in this series, but the whole time they're playing from behind. Even Zach Wheeler, our ace, and he was good on Tuesday. We were able to get two by him. They were able to get two by him. The team is just not built for this. So I'm willing to give Girardi that opportunity with Dombrowski at the at the helm, fixing this team, and all we all need to remember that this team was without its best hitter, and that's Reese Hoskins. And I'm curious what this team can do if Reese Hoskins comes back. And now the question is, what's next for this Phillies team? Obviously, we're going to be looking at it all all winter long, figuring out can the Phillies finally surpass the Braves? Because now this is four straight years that the Atlanta Braves have have beaten the Phillies for the NL East. And that is a problem. The Braves own this division. Oh, man. It sucks, guys. I I I I know we have Bryce. I know we have JT. I know we have Zach Wheeler. I know we have Aaron Nola. I know we have Joe Girardi. But this team is just not good enough, and that pains me. I want to have a red October. I want the green September, Red October, Blue November. 10 years, no playoffs. Ten years ago, I had a well, I had an iPhone 3GS. <laughs> Who the hell remembers an iPhone 3GS? I didn't even have my license 10 years ago. I was still in high school. I would have never thought my life would have taken this turn in, in ten in 10 years. I'm thankful it did but I'm not thankful that the Phillies still suck. I would have never imagined we would have had a 10-year drought. It's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. Oh, well, we've got a lot of Phillies to talk about this winter. I know you guys probably don't want to do that, but we have to. We have to. We'll see how Dombrowski can fix this team and how can we get back to the playoffs. And it sucks, man. It sucks. Uh, Dylan. To be honest, Av want to get fired in ten games. I I disagree. Um, I listen. There's no excuses for last year's debacle, but what I will say to you, Dylan, um, last year was tough for everyone. All right, going through COVID, not having the regular practices, uh, you didn't have the same interactions that you did before. The team meetings, the team lunches, the team dinners, all that stuff kind of went out the window. I think that this year, and especially the fact that, um Chuck Fletcher has improved upon the core of this Flyers team. I think that they are stronger, and they are built for this. So I don't think he'll be fired, man. If he gets fired, it's going to be at the end of the year. He's going to get this four-year. NYS Central! What's up, baby? How you doing, man? Well, come on. It's been a while, man. It's been a while. I hope you're all right, man. I hope you're all right. Uh, if you give the Phillies win for every blown game, we win a division. And that's pretty much what I'm saying, man. <laughs> And this bullpen was definitely improved upon this year, uh, but we still have a lot of work to do in that aspect, and it's gonna take some time. It is gonna take some time. Um, uh, Haller, play uh, pick two. Ayuk, Emmanuel Sanders, PPR. I'll give go with. We'll talk about that in a second. We'll go with. Uh, I'll go with go with, uh, go Ayuk. There you go. Go with Ayuk. Um. It's Z Eagles 10. Hello. What's going on, Z Eagles? How you doing, man? Uh, Steven Barber 21, back at it with the mic and three viewers. Uh, Steven Barber 21, I appreciate you, you hopping on into one of my viewers. The fact of the matter is, I don't care. Um, I'm here for the Philly sports fans. And if it's one or a million viewers, I'm here for you guys. It's a process, man. You got to trust it. If you ain't patient, you ain't made for this life. And I, my friend, I am made for this life but I appreciate you coming on in. If you would like, you can hop on in here with me. You go to my YouTube channel, and you can see what is going on, and you can, and I could see your mic, and we can see how you conduct yourself. I would love to talk to you face-to-face as a man. Be nice, man. Uh it all made me laugh, and I am a num- number of you. I appreciate you, Malin 311 Thank you so much for the fourth one, man. I appreciate it. Uh, let's move forward here with the Philadelphia Union, ladies and gentlemen. We got some news to talk about last night. According to the Post-Cincy, Uh, FC Cincinnati has hired away uh, Chris Albright from the Philadelphia front office to become their general manager. And I wanted to say, first off, this is a big blow. Uh, Chris Albright, to me, uh, is a bright mind. He's been able to learn under Ernst Tanner. And I I think he's going to do solid things over there at FC Cincinnati. What he's going to take from here and take over Cincinnati is the the development. A structured organization, something that Cincinnati has been lacking since they came into the MLS. The fact that we've been able to build from within, even with Jim, Jim being a guy that was brought on to be a youth coach, and now he's moved up to the rank. Now he's the head coach, MLS coach of the year last season. The whole youth academy, the strength of the youth academy, and how the union built that from nothing to what it is now. All that type of stuff. And being able to find talent around the world for cheap to become good MLS players. That is the things that that Albright's going to bring to Cincinnati. And uh, again, uh, I, I, this is a big loss because he was a very vocal guy in that front office and he he provided a different perspective to Ernst Tanner who didn't really understand the league when he got here. You know, it's funny when Ernst Tanner gets to the MLS, he's like, what do you mean you guys do drafts? You guys pick players from the college ranks? Why would I do that when I could find better players in the backyard here in Philadelphia? And he's he's destroyed the MLS draft. Uh, listen, we could talk about it another day. I hate draft systems. I think it's stupid. Um, I pref- I like what soccer does. I like the whole youth academies. That's just me personally. Uh, but I love the fact that Ernst Tanner kind of destroyed the MLS draft. But Albright's going to go to Cincinnati. It's a tough job. Cincinnati's been a terrible team. All they've done is spent a lot of money and have mismanaged the team. Now, the thing with Albright that I like is, like I mentioned, he's been a part of the union where development has been a big thing and in developing these kids, buying cheap players around the world, and improving them. He's seen that structure, but he's also seen what the Los Angeles Galaxy's done because he was teammates with David Beckham back in LA in the early days, and he knows what it's like to spend money smartly. And build a championship caliber team like that. So I think he's going to see the best of both worlds. And I think he's going to build Cincinnati to be one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference here. They're going to be competing with us on the line, I believe. I think they got to find a new coach. I'm curious if they bring Noonan, our assistant coach, over to there because they already brought Kyle McCarthy, the assistant technical director here in Philadelphia, to Cincinnati with Albright to help him with that project. And, uh, We'll see what Cincinnati does. But I think that was a good move by Cincinnati. Um, This upcoming weekend, following the 1 o'clock kickoff for the Birds, we got ourselves the Union facing off against the Columbus Crew. This is going to be a tough matchup. The Union just got done Wednesday facing off against uh, the New York Red Bull. And that was definitely a tough game for the Union as the Union were able to walk away with the point. Uh, but this week here with the uh, – with this Sunday, I'm sorry, with the Columbus Crew, Columbus is coming off of a, uh, um, <clears throat> I don't know how to explain it. Again, the MLS and Liga MX have come up with a lot of different tournaments to kind of get some money out of each other and kind of, uh, it's just unnecessary stuff. So there was this Campiones Cup, pretty much the winner of MLS last season versus the winner of Liga MX, and the Columbus Crew played in it as they were the reigning, as they are the reigning MLS Cup champions, and Big Cruz Azul. Uh, two nothing to win the Campionics Cup. Like so they win a trophy, and me, I could care less. If the Union were in it, I wouldn't care if they won it or not. So they've had, they've been celebrating. I saw it online. They were acting like they won the MLS Cup again. Um, so I'm curious how they're gonna look coming in here in Philadelphia. Are they gonna gonna Are they gonna be on point like they always are? Caleb is one of the stronger managers in, in the MLS. The man knows how to get these guys ready. The man is a championship caliber coach as well. I'm curious how he's going to get these guys up and ready for this game. Um, when we know, when we talk about uh, the Columbus crew, we know that it starts with their midfield. They have a strong midfield. And I'm curious if Lucas All-Around will be starting in this game. He, to me, is the reason why they won the MLS Cup last season along with Darlington Nagby, and those guys are still there, and they are probably going to be here on Sunday. The first time they were in in Philadelphia, uh, I believe it was like in June, they they brought Darlington—I'm They, they I'm sorry, they didn't bring Darlington Nagby to, to Philadelphia, and it made things easier for us. But for whoever plays the 10, I believe Daniel Gazak will start on Sunday. It's going to be a tough job going up against Dan, uh, Darlington Nagby. That dude shuts down guys, and he— is great at generating an attack. So we'll we'll see what happens uh, with that aspect there. But for the Union, you got to continue this momentum that you've been going on. They're now on a three-game unbeaten streak. And just play your game. The physicality. Usually, it's funny when, when these two teams match up, the team who's always at home always has the advantage and seems to always win. So I'm expecting the Union to take advantage of Columbus here in this instinct. And I think that they will will get the uh, I think they'll get the W here. Um, listen, I see the high press working on Wednesday against the Red Bull. Stick to what you know, just flat out stick to what you know. And that was that's definitely something that that was working. As far as the rotation goes, I'm not sure how much Jim is going to rotate. We know he doesn't really like to rotate. Um, but I think that Gazak's is going to start. Uh, with Leon Flock at the left shuttle infielder. Uh, I'm sorry. With Jameer Montero as a left shuttle midfielder, Leon Flock the six, and Ali Bedoya at that right shuttle midfielder. No Edbruko Martinez. That should be a blow for the union as he accumulated too many yellow cards. And I would like to see Quinn Sullivan start. <coughs> Honestly, I would like to see Quinn Sullivan start. He has proven that he can play that other uh, striker position. And um. And, yeah, so it's 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 going to be a tough one, but I do think that the Union will, will prevail and will walk out victorious. It should be – uh, it's always entertaining. It's always entertaining when these two teams meet up. So we shall see what happens, man. We shall see what happens. All right, let's end today with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, <laughs> here we are. Who would have thought it? You, us, all of us here talking about the Sixers and none other than Ben Simmons. Yesterday, the topic was Joel Embiid. And flat out, I I didn't commend Joel. I want to commend Joel for what he did. Him defending himself. Look, he stated himself as well. These are all obviously rumors. These are things that he's hearing from the media. But he still hears it, and he has no choice but to believe it because Ben Simmons doesn't want to show up. Ben Simmons doesn't want to talk to anyone. So he has to go with what he sees and knows. And Ben Simmons seems to be upset with the Sixers over previous trade uh, rumors. He's upset with the Sixers because they feel they feel like they built around Joel Embiid over Ben Simmons. Um, And Joel Embiid spoke up today or yesterday. I'm sorry. And and we talked about it. And he is at Joel is 100 percent right for sticking up for himself and for his team. I mean, it is true. I mean, the reason why Jimmy Butler is not here, despite what some of you guys say, is really because he did not like the structure of the Sixers. He loved Joel Embiid. You watched them play together. Those two had a chemistry. What you see with Jimmy and Bam, Jimmy already had that with Joel Embiid. But the, the lack of leadership or strong leadership and, and strong structure within the Sixers front office drove him away. Jimmy wants to win. Jimmy knows that that does not that's not what winning front offices look like. Jimmy's not here because of that. And because he knew that. Jimmy knew all along that Ben was not going to be a star player in this league or a superstar player in this league, a player that wins championships in this league. He knew that. He knew that from the jump. And I commend I commend Joel for sticking up. Ben is probably so pissed now. Ben is, I mean, we've said it all. He's arrogant. He's a prick. He's full of himself. Uh, he thinks way too highly of himself. So now here's the dilemma for at least for Joel. Or I'm sorry, for Ben. Ben, now, the teachers have declined. His, he, today, I guess the players uh, would have gotten 25% of their contract. So today, uh, Ben Simmons could have made over a little over $8 million and the Sixers have decided not to give that to him as they should because he's not in Camden. He's not here with the guys. He's not getting ready for the season. That's what the Sixers play him for to play basketball games for the Sixers during the season. And I commend the Sixers for that. And we talked and I talked about it yesterday. I brought, I brought up the uh, the graphic and I added it up. If this, if Ben Simmons misses this entire season, he could lose in fines almost five million dollars, and for anyone out there saying, "Oh, it's just chump change," those guys make millions and they'll make that back. You know, you know what? The way Ben's leading himself to, he will never get paid the way he he just got paid a couple of years ago with the Sixers. He will never get paid like that again. So yeah, it's five million dollars here. It may be chump change now. But I can guarantee you in five years, he will not make $5 million a year. And if I'm wrong, I will jump in the wall with myself. <laughs> but if Ben wants to play like this, by all means, by all means, you can do what you want. It's your life. You could do what you as you please. But I don't think he's doing himself any favors here. And please, Ben Simmons, I speak for all of Philadelphia here. Please leave our city and do not come back. Uh, have the Eagles won their last game, won their last game this year? The Eagles won their last game this year. What? What does that even mean? (laughs) Michael? Uh, Michael, yes, he will. You think Ben Simmons will make $5 million in five years? Well, good for you. All right, guys, that's going to do it for another episode of OI Philly Sports. Uh, we, we got through it all. We got through it all. Um, I got the Eagles winning. I got the Union winning. We'll go over my picks on Monday as well. Guys, seriously, enjoy your weekend. It's a beautiful day. Do yourself a favor. Don't go online all weekend and start trolling people. Go outside and go get yourself some vitamin D and enjoy. Breathe in that fresh air. It's good for you. It's good for you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you could, please do me that solid. and Make sure you guys hit that like button and subscribe to the Ed Parcero Phillies YouTube channel. And make sure you guys rate and subscribe to and Philly Sports. And of course, guys, make sure you guys follow me on all platforms of social media. We're on we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and we're on TikTok as well. Shouts to you, TikTok. Ladies and gentlemen, I go by the El Parcelo Philly, and I'm telling you guys, enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you guys on Monday.